Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, sitting to my right is Denver Dave and we're here to talk about the NFL. How's it going Dave? Uh, it's going alright. <laughs> this was a divisional round boy, that was the best weekend of football officially. Nope. Oh. Wild card. No. The wild card round was better than these games. No, come on. 100% the games were better. Come on. The games were better. Well, for a Steelers fan, I enjoyed a couple of those games. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> Uh, let's do some news quickly, Dave. First of all, in college football news, LSU won the national championship 42-25 against Clemson. Uh, Joe Burrow, who is the consensus number one overall pick in yep. April, he threw five touchdowns, 463 yards, 31 completions on 49 throws, no interceptions, even rushed in the touchdown as well. He ran four, 58 yards on the ground on 14 carries. On the other side, Trevor Lawrence, the potential number one QB coming out next year yes very much so uh, didn't score a touchdown didn't throw an interception but he did lose a fumble uh, yeah. in the game he ran for 49 yards and ran in a touchdown um, just some notable players before we move on to actual NFL stuff so uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire the LSU running back he had 16 carries for 110 yards on the other side Travis Etienne who looks amazing had 15 carries for 78 yards in the touchdown the big catchers on the day were Jamar Chase Nine catches for LSU, 221 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, who is expected to be also one of the top yep. wide receivers uh, next year, uh, 106 yards on nine carries. And special shout-out to Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son, who also caught two touchdowns for LSU, uh, and Terrace Marshall. Uh, no touchdown passes, obviously, for the uh, Clemson lot, but a good game nonetheless. Justin Ross had 76 yards, Braden Galloway 60 yards. Um, yeah, overall good game, but it went the way that most people thought it was going to go. It pretty much did. I mean, for anyone who doesn't watch a huge amount of college football, um, LSU were the number one seed, Clemson number three seed. Yeah. Um, between the two of them, they had a record of uh, twenty nine and one this season. Yeah, yeah. The one loss coming for Clemson. Um, and anyone who hasn't watched Joe Burrow a lot, the <sighs> overall stats of throwing for four hundred and sixty three yards is pretty much mediocre for him yeah he, he actually broke all records didn't yeah. he this season no one has had as good a season Which as he has part of the reason is why I think Jefferson might drop to the second round I'm not going to go too, in, too big into the draft no but, we won't but um, I and what we saw it last year with a lot of the wide receivers who were um, who were playing at Oklahoma a lot of those as soon as guys dropped to the second round yeah just because you're unsure of actually how good they are um, DK Metcalf drops the second round as well. He did, yeah. Um, so there's a good chance. I agree entirely. And the fact that JJ Osega Whiteside was picked ahead of him. Yeah. So let's not go into that. He has to get his honourable weekly mention. He does. There's the Osega Whiteside watch. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the way it kind of went is LSU, all of the action really seemed to be in the second quarter. So mm. both teams started a little bit sort of hesitant. Second quarter was a big rush. Um, then LSU controlled the game throughout. And it was nice as well because LSU obviously are Louisiana State yep. and it was in the um, New Orleans oh, Superdome. Very much a home game. So yeah, it was. It was yeah. nice. They're, only, they're like 100 miles away, I think, from yeah, it's not very the far. stadium. No. So yeah, great result for LSU. It was the right result, I guess. Um, and yeah, it's looking it's forward nice to, to seeing Joe Burrow coming it's through. It's nice to be talking about a national championship without talking about Alabama as well. Oh yeah, very nice. <laughs> so yeah, even do some changes in, uh, in college football. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Oh, let's move on to the other bit of news. Well, there's two bits of news, really. Yeah. One of them is a legend's retiring. Yeah. Antonio Gates apparently is officially retiring again. Yep. Uh, for keeps this time. Apparently, he's issued a statement. 
yeah. um, in which he stated, as an eight-time pro bowler, it's hard for me to say this, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, he's officially retiring. And it's, as a Broncos fan, him being in our same division, delighted because um, he's no longer there. Um, the old dual inside threat of him and Henry has killed us for a couple of years, although not so much last year. No. Um, but yeah, uh, legit good, legit good uh, tight end. Yeah, he's one of those Both proper kind of blanket tight yeah. ends, isn't he? That always a safety net for fame. That's up for debate. I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. These are the types of arguments as to why you have to say there should be more inductees per year than there currently are. Because <laughs> players you're also with gonna... genuine talent like this who haven't got the rings, yeah, um, are probably not going to get into a Hall of Fame when they deserve it. He gets it for durability. He gets yeah. it for consistency. But he never did anything spectacular, and that's that might hold him out of the Hall of Fame. I think there are other. If you you think about tight ends, I could name about ten right if now. If he was playing in New England, deserving. though, he'd be first ballot because Brady would have got him the ball on almost every down. <laughs> it's true. He's playing with Philip Rivers and not Tom Brady. Wow. He didn't win a Super Bowl because he was at the wrong organization. We don't have to talk about Tom Brady anymore. We don't have to talk about them. They're out. Oh, we'll do in a couple of months. Maybe in a couple of months, but they're <laughs> out right now, Dave. So let's not talk about that. Uh, other people that are out then are Rich Scangarello. Yep. You booted him out as the OC of the Denver Broncos. We did. Sent him packing, and you've brought in Pat Shermer. It looks like it's almost certain to be Pat Shermer, yeah. Okay. That's correct. You happy um, about this move? I'm not unhappy. Uh, Scangarello has... Uh, the popular sort of thought process is that he is uh, he's turned around the offense towards the end of the season, but... Drew Luck was averaging 298 yards or 289 yards. Yeah. And the other two quarterbacks, Brandon Allen and Joe Flacco, were averaging 308 yards per game. <laughs> There's a regression. A little, I mean, to a certain degree. <laughs> but at the same time, we were scheming a little better. Defense looked better. The whole team looked a bit better. So I was surprised that he went. But, I mean, we were the only team to finish bottom five in total points, total yards, third down completion percentage, and red zone completion percentage. Mm. So... Yeah, when you're bo- when you're the only team in the bottom five for all of those, as someone's going to have to pay, and it's the OC. Yeah. Um, now Sherman was the offensive coach with the Vikings this season. Uh, oh, sorry, no. he was the head coach with the Vikings during the Case Keenum period. Mm. So if he can make Case Keenum look good, imagine <laughs> what he can do with Drew Luck. Um, no, it's very much tongue tongue in cheek, and it's different. Made Daniel Jones look okay, okay, didn't he? Yeah. Doesn't make Daniel Jones looked okay. He did well with Donovan McNabb. Um, made Sam Bradford uh, numerous times get traded for first round picks hmm. um, yeah you've done okay as an OC in, in history so let's see how that goes there are there are some other moves that we're going to talk about as we go through the games because some yeah. of them are directly affected by the uh, the teams we're talking about let's go on to the Saturday evening game then Dave that was the Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers it was it was it was a relatively close first half uh, 14-10 was the halftime score mm. but then the Vikings were shut out second half and the 49ers uh, stepped up a gear uh, touchdowns here we go for Kendrick Bourne he was the first one with a third yard ca- three yard catch Stefan Diggs had a 41 yard catch on a kind of it went for a tackle and didn't work it's not called a busted coverage is it it's just not making the play no <laughs> that's weak uh, and then you had Marcus oh, the first of Marcus Sherrill's uh, terrible day Came with a punt that he recovered after muffing. Uh, then they went on and get the punt. Tra- uh, Tevin Coleman got his first uh, touchdown of the day for the 49ers on a one-yard run. Then you had an interception for Jimmy Garoppolo by Eric Kendricks at the San Francisco 33-yard line. Vikings got a field goal out of that. 
And that was the end of half, 14-10. Second half, you had a field goal for the 49ers. There was an interception of Kirk Cousins by Richard Sherman at the Minnesota 42-yard line. Then there was a touchdown on the end of that. So Tevin Coleman got a two-yard rushing touchdown. There was a punt by the Vikings. And then Marcus Sherrill's muffs that catch. And that's recovered by uh, Raheem Mostert, I believe it was. And that set up an easy field goal. And then pum 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 pum. Matt Breeder fumbles at midfield for the 49ers. But uh, Vikings can't do anything with it. They turn it over on downs. Yep. I think uh, Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa sacked Cousins on back-to-back plays to make it just too long, really, to, to overcome. And that was the game. Yeah. 27-10. It's not very often you see a team sloppy. run the ball eight times in a row and get a touchdown. No. No hint of a pass. Unless was, you're Derek Henry. Yeah. Yeah. There is also that. <laughs> um, it was This game was more about the Vikings than it was the 49ers. The 49ers just handled Ooh. them. It just was. I mean, the Vikings didn't have a rushing first down. No. Um, they only had seven first downs overall in an entire playoff game. Seven first downs. Well, the 49ers aver- held Dalvin Cook to an average of two yards a carry. Yes. 18 yards on nine carries. I mean, he was the best tailback in the league who played 14 games because there's other guys who played yeah, 15, yeah. 15, 16 games I think he was 10th overall um, and he was just not not available this game almost he just did not show up <laughs> but I don't think that is as much on him the line was porous it was terrible mm-hmm. and the line was being handled in every direction by that defensive line that award winning defensive line from the 49ers well let's talk about those sacks shall we there were yeah. two for Nick Bosa Sacks for D. Ford, Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, and Eric Armstead. So, Cousins was running for his life pretty much the whole time. Six in the end for 46 yards uh, moving backwards. On the other side, Daniel Hunter and Stephen Weatherly got sacks for the, the Vikings. But yeah, only moved them back seven yards. Do you know how many yards they lost in sacks this whole game? Well, I said 46 yards. Yeah, in total. Well, I was going to say, they're the only team since the 85 Bears who were lauded as being the best defensive team probably in the history of the game to have six sacks and concede less than 30 yards in a playoff game in NFL history so that's I mean, crazy isn't it when you're being compared in the stat to the 85 Bears I mean that's pretty special yeah because I mean Alex Madison only did three yards rushing as well so mm. there was just no ground game at all for the Vikings and that's how you set up a successful game for a lot of these teams you run play action off a good ground game. I mean, the Vikings have still got weapons in the air. They've still got um, oh, yeah. good possession receivers, still got great wide, um, wide outs and a decent quarterback who can sling it. But then Stefan Diggs only had two catches. One of them was that 47, sorry, 41-yard touchdown. Yeah. But then the other one just went for a few more yards. So Adam Thielen had five catches on seven targets for 50 yards. Irv Smith had three catches for 39 yards. And then Davin Cook had eight yards on five catches, sorry, yeah. six catches. So... There wasn't even an aerial threat either. It was just, you know, they were punting it and they just weren't moving the, moving the chains. It was it was the fact that they only had 21 minutes of overall possession. I mean, you don't really see that in yeah. a playoff game. Normally, it's roughly half and half. Um, and one trip to the red zone in the entire game. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was mute. Mm. That's all it was. It was, it. the 49ers controlled every single aspect of the game and dominated thoroughly throughout well it's great to watch I enjoyed it not if you're a not if you're a Vikings fan I, as a neutral I, I enjoyed watching how 
um, complete the 49ers team were? A third down efficiency. Two and 12. <laughs> I mean, good lord. <laughs> well, it does mean inevitably that the San Francisco 49ers move on to the championship game. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have to spend any more time on this game really, Dave. Although, we're not talking about the game anyway. Let's talk about what happened in the fallout of this game. Yeah. And that's that Kevin Stefanski got a promotion. <laughs> wow. Did so, he? Did he? You sure? Well, Are you sure? <laughs> you might think it is. Because I'm the, so sure. The, those Cleveland Browns, yeah. they uh, decided we want some of that 10-point production uh, over in, in Ohio. And he's been given the head coaching job. Which is... I mean, this is typical Browns. Because on the in the same game, if they're watching this game, on the other sideline, there's a defensive coordinator over there that's mm-hmm. ripe for the picking in they Robert Sutter. They interviewed him as well, yeah. And they decided, yeah. we don't want that guy. We want that white guy over there. If The thing is, have you seen the list of people they've interviewed? Oh, yeah. Well, Josh McDaniels basically talked himself out of the job he on did. purpose, I'm guessing. So, Josh McDaniels, um, Jim Schwartz, who's the Eagles' defensive coach. Very good coach. Um, Brian Dabo, offensive coach for the Bills. Dabo, yeah. Uh, then there's Eric Bieniemy, offensive coach for the Chiefs. Greg yep. Roman, um, offensive coach for the Ravens. Mike McCarthy, who went to Dallas. He, he did, yeah. An idiot but, not to go to Dallas. And yeah. out of all of those guys, including Bob Sala, you choose the guy no one's heard of and has never had a head coaching job before. And no yeah. one's all that. He's not really lauded that much, but strange no. decision. But what's interesting is that... Um, Quite strange. Paul De Podesta, who is the analytics guy for the Browns, Apparently he wanted Stefanski last season, and he was yeah. um, so a couple of years ago. Go, I'm not going to give the history of the Browns here, but a couple Please of years don't. ago, the Browns really went all in on analytics. That's everything that they did was analytics. They watched Moneyball and went, "Yeah, we'll have some of that." Pretty much, um, <laughs> and they went all in, and it didn't work. Um, Hugh Jackson went, and they ended up bringing in a football guy and ran it with, "He's a football guy. Let's get football guys." Now they've got rid of that GM. And they're going seemingly back to analytics. And there's been reports that have come out that apparently um, Stefanski at the end of each week has to show the Podesta his um, game plan for the weekend. And that has to be signed off. Okay. But that's at the end of each week. So you're going to be working on it all week. Go to the analytics guy and go, this is what we're going to do. And he's going to then sign it off. Or say, no, start again. I mean, is that even an option? (laughs) Like genuinely, is this not the weirdest thing? I mean, I'm assuming this is false. What? That has to sign it off? I don't know. I'm assuming it's false because it's too ridiculous to be true. So let's assume it's not true. I did read a piece by a Browns fan who was very salty about this move. Mm. Uh, His his argument basically was that Deep Podesta had the final say. And he didn't want Josh McDaniels because McDaniels wanted to change everyone in the organisation and that would have kicked out Deep Podesta. So why would you yeah. hire a guy that's going to get rid of you? Especially as you work for the Cleveland Browns yet you live in California. Yeah, he apparently told Jimmy Haslam he was willing to work with everyone in the organisation that was already there. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, so not don't rock the boat. Yeah. Um, quite how a guy gets away with not living in the same state as the football team he's working for is uh, beyond me I mean if you live in New York and you work for the Jets I mean they're technically in New yeah. Jersey so that's, that's alright they still name the that. New York Jets aren't yeah, they so they, they don't want to be in New Jersey if you live in I don't know if you lived in Pittsburgh and 
I know you were in charge of the Eagles. You could probably get away with that as well. It's not that Maybe. far. Maybe. Yeah, you don't have to take a flight to not, get there. Not California to, <laughs> to Cleveland. <laughs> to Cleveland. I, I know Cleveland's bad, but come on. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, they've, they've stuck in Stefanski. Can't wait for that to fall on its face. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to another vintage season of Browns football. Uh, they are not disappointing already. They're setting the stall out early. You mean everyone will be singing their praises? And then no, I don't think they're going to do that this three time. Three games in, they'll be saying... Mm, they're gonna I'll, be, I'll be surprised if OBJ's there next season. Uh, I agree. I don't think they're going to get much capital for him, though. Oh, no. But I think they're going to get rid of him and it's going to be infinitely worse. It depends, because if part of the... If part of the decision to sign Stefanski was unwilling to work with everyone who's already here, that may not necessarily just be off-the-field staff. It may well be the on-the-field staff too. If he can come in and massage the ego and say, look, you're great, I love you, you're going to be at the future of this organisation, you're the face of the Browns, you might keep him there for another year. Eric Bieniemy was a far superior offensive coordinator they could have brought in. I agree. That's not what I was saying, though. Bob Sala was a far superior defensive if, coordinator. If you come in and massage, the only way you're going to keep OBJ on the field is going to massage his uh, on the field in Cleveland is to massage his uh, his ego and try and keep him there and tell him he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's the only way he's going to keep him there. Well, that only works if he doesn't get thrown the ball every time. Oh, I don't think it'll work. <laughs> I don't think it'll work for a second. It'll work in preseason. Let's stop talking about the Browns, all right? Yeah. Let's not talk about the Browns anymore. And before they, we do uh, go on to the next game, there's yeah. one more piece of news. Go on then. It has been revealed which team is going to be on All or Nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, not, the you... not the Steelers. Not the Steelers. <laughs> not the Steelers. <laughs> well, no, that would be nothing or nothing. Ha, 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 ha. No. Who so... is still with a chance of getting into playoffs in week 17? Uh, Raiders. These guys. <laughs> not yours, guys. <laughs> No, no. We, even if you doubled our win tally, we probably wouldn't have. Exactly. To go on what? Uh, second in AFC West, I think you'll find. No, we. it's actually going to be the Eagles. Eagles are going to be okay. on all, Amazon's All or Nothing. Oh. So it'll be an interesting watch. Mm. It's hard um, not to watch out for as well now. You're pretty much going to be uh, knowing the medical staff on first name terms. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be three and a half hours worth of massage tape. That's all it's going to be. Or watching the guy driving around with a, a truck around Philadelphia looking for guys that look like they play football <laughs> and hey, shove them in the back of the you van. You can block. Get yeah. in here. Get in the van. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the second game, which was one of the shocks of the round. It was the Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens, the six seed against the one seed. Uh, Baltimore had decided to rest their players in week 17, give them those two weeks off. Have them fresh as a daisy. It wasn't two weeks. It was 20 days. It was three three weeks, basically. It was ridiculous. Uh, and then, yeah, they got what they deserved. Tennessee won the game 28 points to 12. Ryan Tannehill had only 88 yards passing, Dave. Riddle me this one. How he got away of winning the game, he, he completed seven passes of 14 throws. And he got 88 yards, but two touchdowns, no interceptions, yeah. uh, and a rating of 110. Lamar Jackson, on the other side through 59 times in this game and I think if before the game we'd say that how are you going to beat the Ravens with all due respect to Lamar Jackson you'd probably say make him throw it rather than let him run it and uh, he, to be fair to him he did well he thro- did both he, he did do both he did have 365 passing yards one touchdown but two interceptions and lost a fumble he did have 143 yards rushing on 20 carries so monster numbers by Lamar Jackson but they never actually converted into points. Yeah, I mean, 
Lamar Jackson touched the ball more times than any other player in NFL postseason history in one game. That is a stat. <laughs> Honestly, legit, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen such a team lean so much on one person. I mean, I know the game is they've uh, Greg Rome has basically designed a playbook that goes through him and yeah. it's for him. Um, but the Titans basically just locked up this game. That's all they did, mm-hmm. uh, and just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the clock down. This game was over quick. It was over early. Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, it was fourteen nothing at half time. So if we just go through the plays, really, it was a a punt first of all by the Titans who deferred to the second half, uh, and then so first drive for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson gets an interception uh, by Kevin Byard at the Tennessee nineteen yard line. It's returned all the way back to the fifty, so that was a bit of a shock. And then straight away you get John New Smith having a twelve yard catch, a beautiful catch in the back of the end zone. He got his his cheek down to her to score that touchdown. Yeah. So yeah, they've gone from starting off fine to having interception, got run back, and then it's a, a touchdown before they know it. And then you you get turned over on downs because you try and run a sneak play on fourth and one that doesn't go anywhere. Nope. So again, you've just turned the ball over, and then. The Titans do exactly what they should do, which is punish them for it. But the very next play was a 45-yard catch for Khalif Raymond, who we weren't sure whether he was going to play. It was questionable going into the game. One of four wide receivers, I think, that were potentially not going to play that game for the Titans. Then, of course, the Ravens punt it. Uh, Titans punt it. Ravens then get a field goal. And then there's a punt and another field goal for the, the Ravens. So it's 14-6 at half time. Yeah. And that's as good as it gets for the Ravens. Because in the third quarter, the Titans score another couple of touchdowns. Uh, the first one, after a 66-yard by Derek Henry on third and one, which was just one of those monster plays where he bullied uh, Earl Thomas, which was just absolutely perfect. That, after all the, the chirping Thomas was doing before that game. Well, that, that play was typical of what has to be done next week. You have to tackle Henry low. You can't, yeah. you can't go high. You just no, can't. No. You have to go low. And... About Matthew's four... got no choice. Tyron no. Matthew can't go high, so <laughs> yeah, quite. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he ran that 66-yard run, uh, and then he ended up by throwing the jump pass to Corey Davis on third and goal, which again was beautiful because everyone's expecting Derek Henry just to run it down the pipe again, and he st- st- steps back, just lofts it over the defenders, and Corey Davis, who's a very big guy, who is uh, hopefully going to get some more more catches in the postseason but yeah he just comes down with the catch and then there's a, a fumble so Jarrell, Jarrell Casey gets a sack fumble on the first play after that uh, recovered by Jeffrey Simmons and then again Tannehill runs it in from one yard on third yeah. and goal for another touchdown so every single time the Ravens made a mistake they were instantly punished by the Titans which is going to bring us on to the next game we're talking about in terms of making mistakes and being punished for them <laughs> but uh uh, yeah, and then there was an interception. So it was a, a third and five. It was a shotgun pass for Miles Boykins, intercepted by Kenny Vaccaro on the Tennessee 31 yard line. It wasn't until the fourth quarter where I think Hayden Hurst caught a 15 yarder yeah. touchdown. And that was the first. Then they went for a two point conversion. Um, and then it was just uh, punts by the Titans and turning over on downs by the, the Ravens where they couldn't get it done. And that was the end of the game. Weird, weird, weird game. It was uh, somewhat of an anticlimax to the game. Um, it was. I was really, really looking forward to it. Um, 
and yeah i it just felt as though so much was promised by the ravens and so little was delivered yeah I worry about derrick henry though 96 carries in his last three he said games. that was the last one he ran for 195 yards in this game yeah, on but 30 just carries adding to his load 96 carries in three games it's ridiculous yeah i mean it's, but he's not old is he no he's not but he's still human and also dave probably if you think about since he's come into the league yeah they've never fully utilized him he's always had this promise of a, a bruising he's back. Had, he's had games. They well, they were I splitting mean, with Demarco Murray when he first yes. was in the league. They didn't trust him to to be the bell cow, and then they finally changed OCs, and now they're they're properly using him. Yeah, there's been games. I mean, was it last season? There was a four touchdown game where he ran three thousand yards or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a monster game. And he was sat on people's bench. Um, <laughs> but, well, but, yeah, but that's understandable because they don't use him consistently exactly they didn't this used season, to use him consistently well this season they went out and got was it Dion Lewis who's the second backup now he was there last um, year yeah so he is in, he has not really had that much game time he comes on basically as a blocking force for him which for a little guy is not that bad um, but yeah I have absolutely no doubt that in fantasy next season he'll be many people's first overall pick Oh. Um, I haven't really thought about that, but yeah, well, potentially. There's going to be some people picking up uh, Zeke and um, Saquon Barkley fourth or fifth, put it away, <laughs> which there's definitely some currency. Unless they're you, then you'll it's, pick up a wide receiver, obviously. The difference is, I think it's hard not to like Derek Henry. Do you know what it it's is? It's hard to it's like Zeke. Elliot, honest, but... It's honest hard work. That's yeah. what it is. But we're so used to seeing, and this is a, this is a trend that I've kind of steered away from I haven't liked it and it's all Lev- Levy on Bell's fault basically all everyone right. likes the running back and in the NFL this is everyone likes the running back who will avoid contact who will wait have the stutter step run away go through you know find holes ru- play as um, a possession receiver as well as a running back mm-hmm. the, the the league has almost moved away from this guy who's going to batter door downs and run downhill and run through offensive lines Henry's back at that. I mean, the only other guy really in the league who's as big and as physical as this is Fournette. I mean, who's had currency spent on him. When was the last time a big running back who runs down doors was drafted early? Yeah, you're absolutely Fournette. right. Yeah, I Fournette's don't think a good shout was. on that one in terms of f- similar physique. Fournette hasn't worked. I mean, I don't. No. first of all, I don't think the Jags have the offensive line for it to work. I no, the they've tried. definitely have. Um, they will in years to come. I mean, yeah. they picked up Taylor who's very good at tight at um right tackle, tackle so yeah. it's we often see when teams have success with strategies like this where they just have big offensive linemen who just control uh control space on the offensive line for running backs to get through the other teams kind of go we can do that as well so don't be surprised if you see a few big hmm big bell carriers coming through it wouldn't shock me at all I mean Derek Henry is ridiculous massive I mean he wears a, he, I'm pretty sure he wears the, shirt, the same size shirt as Danny, Danny Amendola it's, <laughs> it's, it doesn't fit him I'm sorry it just doesn't <laughs> but it it's amazing to watch it's great honest hard work it's not a guy who's pretending to it's every, after every rush getting up and you know, spoon feeding himself. It's not chirping, is he? He's just no, getting back just to the line. With it. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you saw the interview afterwards. He's not even his own hype man. He's got other people. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Tajay Sharp, I think, doing this intro. So, um, yeah. I mean, it is. It's good to watch. I. It's, and I've said it again. 
in his last game, 32 carries. Before that, 34. Before that, 30. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of carries. And it only takes one play. One play and your outlook on what the Titans can do changes massively. Yeah. Um, and that's what worries me. Well, I did say last week that I was expecting the Titans to do something in this game. I said at the beginning of the season I was expecting the Titans well, to do well, something. Well, I put some money on this game. So I, I came out quids in. So did I. <laughs> you never did, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on the Ravens. I actually, well, I thought you might. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are loads of little stories as well that maybe didn't pick up on, Dave. Um, obviously, Dean Pease is the defensive coordinator for the Titans. Mike Vrabel brought him in when he took the head coaching job mm-hmm. because it's always good to have an experienced defensive coordinator in your corner. Uh, one of the first things that Dean Pease did was um, trade in Kamale Correa from the from the Ravens. He was a second round pick for the Ravens in 2016 and he was traded to Tennessee for a sixth round pick in last year's draft and he got one of the sacks uh, in the game on the weekend. So it was great to see those things kind of just play out the right way and <laughs> well anything that kicks the Ravens in the ass is quite <laughs> fun to me actually. So yeah, Camelo Correa hasn't done an awful lot but uh yeah, he's obviously Dean Pease likes him and he was a second round pick just a couple of years ago. So how much of an effect do you think it had with um, the Ravens not playing for so long um, and when they did eventually come on there was very long periods where Lamar Jackson he couldn't really get any momentum going he was just sitting on the bench waiting and waiting and waiting and it was never really that momentum which they were full of in the season they were just yeah. they were just a momentum machine which going into the playoffs anyone will tell you momentum's key there's an expectation isn't there that they yeah. were just going to come in and play exactly how they were playing in the regular season completely different football regular season football to postseason football oh ridiculously different and I'm sorry but they weren't they weren't ready for Tennessee not for what that team was going to do to them they weren't ready last season either when they played against the Chargers yeah Uh, and the Chargers completely changed the way that they played and again Um, yeah different this is the second time now yeah and I'm sure people were telling them before the game it's a bit like when you watch the first Rocky yeah and there's people in there going uh, Apollo, do you realise this guy's actually training quite hard? Like, yeah, He's yeah, whatever. hungry, Rock. Whatever. He's hungry. <laughs> and so they're just not expecting it. And they walk in there just thinking it's going to be given to them. And they were punished, like I said, every single time. They were not given any chances to kind of learn think, from the mistakes. It was just, oh, I've, I've fumbled here and now I've scored a touchdown. I think it's a bit harsh to say they walked in expecting to be given to them. I think they walked in thinking they were the better team without any shadow of a doubt. Um, but this is where a great team... And a team with character, a, a team that we've seen in previous years in the in the Patriots, and what they do is they'll go, okay, we've seen what you've done, we're now going to adjust, and we're going to beat you. Yeah, we're going. We now know what you and um, what the what the uh, Patriots didn't do in the Wild Card round um, this season, but we've seen it in years and years gone by, and that's what and you expect a Harbour team to do that, and the Ravens didn't. Um, but I mean it's not all doom and gloom for the Ravens because if you look at Watson Mahomes and Jackson they're probably going to be they're going to be battling it out for honours in the AFC for the next 10 years you might have Joe Burrow in there pretty soon maybe unless he goes to NFC you know? <laughs> I mean it is the there's Bengals there's no way the Bengals it's the Bengals, Bengals thing to do oh, let's well, be honest. I know. but Blake Bortles has now got more playoff wins then uh, Carson Wentz, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson combined. <laughs> yeah. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Who? Blake Balls? Blake Balls. Yeah. I thought you might have said that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a knock on Lamar Jackson because obviously 
is his second crushing time playing a playoff game and yeah. uh, getting spanked. Right, and the first time, you last can, time you he played the playoff game, the fans booed him. Yeah, I'm not sure if they did it this time. I didn't hear any booing, but, but it was sort of shocked rather than anything else. But I think with the first first game, home. you you let him off because it's his face his rookie season. So to a certain degree, you ignore what happens in a quarterback's rookie season because it kind of just is what it is. Even if it's good, even, that's why I'm not massively hot on Drew Lock right now. I'm waiting to see what happens in his second season. Um, and same said for Drabitsky early this season as well. I mean, <laughs> it's obvious where I am now, but you've woken up on that one. No, I, I was awake to it the first time. Around. I just, I just thought I'd give him the benefit of the doubt, and that's just not, not no going to happen. Now. No benefit. No benefit now. <laughs> um, so it's. I don't think it's. I don't think the first season was a bad loss. This was a bad loss. Um, but I think you again, don't think the Chargers has, one was a bad loss. Uh, I don't because it was his first season. Um, and he came in halfway through the season and it wasn't fully schemed for him they didn't look like I mean no one was lauding them as being the team to beat everyone was lauding them myself included as being the team to beat in the AFC this season yeah and look what um, and look I'm what quite happens. happy if it happens like this every year for them yeah but again he's got the get out clause of you know we we were rested too long and people are going to give him the benefit of the doubt and he was a young quarterback how many times it's the same with Alex Smith how many excuses were given to Alex Smith before people realised he just couldn't do it in the off season exactly so watch this space in years to come <laughs> yeah. people are going to play this back and go God, he's a genius that guy who are you? I don't know. Some, <laughs> someone's got to say it I don't think so Dave <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry to burst that bubble but <laughs> let's move on then I'm to just, the I'm just seeing if I can get that one in without you picking up on it <laughs> no way uh, although yeah sometimes it gets through <laughs> Okay, so let's go on to the what the game of the week. This I don't, was this a game of of NFL. I was so bored. Yeah, so bored. Yeah, it was quite boring. Mm. It was the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs, a game that was so boring they even ran out of fireworks. Yeah, and, I saw that as well. <laughs> crazy, but I mean, you know, I'm not surprised in some ways. Uh, yeah, fairly mundane start to the game. All it was was a touchdown on the first drive for the Houston Texans. Uh, Kenny Stills got that one after. Six plays. Then there was a block punt, uh, return for a touchdown. That was Lonnie Johnson Jr. managing to block the uh, the punt there from Colquitt. Then you finally do manage to get a punt from uh, the Chiefs on the their second possession. Uh, and then what we got there? We have got a, a muff punt uh, catch by Tyreek Hill, which is recovered by uh, Crossan at the KC six yard line. So you're fourteen nil down. Your best wide receiver just muffed a punt, and uh, and then Darren Fell scores a four-yard touchdown, so that's twenty-one nothing in the first quarter. Uh, then you have to punt again after three and out, and then uh, what many people think is a turning point. You know, I don't know about you, Dave. Is the decision uh, fourth and one on the Kansas City thirteen-yard line to go for a field goal rather than yeah. trying to really push it, was, it down the throat? It was bizarre that I mean, no one was looking. No one was looking at the Texans saying you've won this game. You're so far well, no. you're going to win this game. And if you look to the Kansas City bench, I mean, no one was panicking. No Mahomes was, was cheering them up, wasn't he? Yeah, it was a nice little speech saying let's just go play by play because they knew a couple of plays and all of a sudden they're back in it. Yep. So go for it on fourth and one. They took the field goal. Okay, do you know what? I respect that decision. If you want to take the points, take the points. But then but that makes in difference. your very next possession, 
on fourth and three, don't do a direct <laughs> trap and don't do a direct snap and try and sneak it, and then lose out. I mean, it makes no sense. Why would you do that? It, it, well, before that, I mean, there was a touchdown before that, so obviously they settled for a field goal, yeah. which was a soft move. I mean, this always takes me back to the game between the Seahawks and the Packers a couple of years ago, yeah, but when you, the Packers decided to go for a field goal rather than push. I mean, for this a, was in the second quarter. This isn't in this isn't in the fourth. You know, it's not two minutes left on the clock. This is still in the second quarter. Yeah, I know. So it's not as it's not a ridiculous decision to take the points. Take the points on the ball, keep momentum going, keep the scoreboard ticking. I don't mind that, but then don't go for a fourth down when it's fourth and three. Well, talking of momentum, yeah, obviously on the kickoff from that field this goal, this game, this was a game of momentum. McCall Hartman this was. had a fifty-eight yard kick return. Then Kelsey had a twenty-five yard catch, and then Damon Williams had a seventeen yard touchdown catch mm. uh, to to cap that off. Then it's twenty-four-seven. Then you have a direct snap to Justin Reed when, like I said, fourth and three. They decide inside their own own half. It's ridiculous. They decide to go for it. There's a direct snap to Justin Reed. Daniel Sorensen tracks the play, makes the tackle, stops the first down, and then four plays later, sorry, three plays later, Travis Kelsey has a five yard touchdown catch, twenty four to fourteen. Then there's a fumble where Sorensen knocks the ball out on the Houston kick return. So. It's just completely falling apart for Houston at this point. Uh, Kelsey comes back with a six-yard catch to make it 24-21. And it's not even half-time yet. Nope. We're, we're still we're still going. And uh, then then Houston finally managed to get a punt done without turning the ball over or, you know, <laughs> anything else. There's another touchdown, another Kelsey for his third touchdown catch of the game. That was another five-yard catch after eight plays. Then to top it all off, the end of the first half is a 51-yard missed field goal by Kami Fairburn. Kicks it wide right. Uh, and so, was it 24 nothing? Yeah. 24-0 down with 11 minutes of the second quarter left. Yeah, they were 24-0 up. They go into the halftime 28-24 down. I mean, only Bill O'Brien can do this to a team. I don't think it's on Bill O'Brien. I think it's all on Bill O'Brien. I don't think it is. I think they're playing one of the most dynamic offences we've seen in recent NFL history this is a masterclass um, in how to balls up your team 51 points in 30 minutes I mean yeah, is that, well, insanity I've never ever seen drive after drive what was it seven consecutive drives with a touchdown yeah the second half Damon Williams scores two touchdown runs yeah. on two set on two drives then Deshaun Watson gets a five yard rushing touchdown back and then Blake Bell gets an eight yard touchdown catch for the Chiefs so yeah. yeah it was like seven I, scores in a row uh, and then it was a turnover on downs for the Texans a field goal for um, Harrison Butker turn it on over on downs again for the Texans and then punt downs end the game it's just one of those crazy things where momentum changes everything and when you can look back and see exactly when things turned for the Chiefs it was a it was a strange one though after watching what the Texans did against the Bills where they managed to keep their heads together. But again, I think maybe because it's the Bills and the offense isn't quite as effective, they had a chance to come back into this game. Whereas against the Chiefs, give them half a chance. They're scoring touchdowns. It doesn't matter who it is either. I mean, I know Kelsey got three and Williams got two, but Blake Bell comes out of nowhere to get a touchdown. Whereas you think and Tyreek Hill was doing well as well. It was just a, a great overall performance by the Chiefs. I mean, Sammy Watkins had 76 yards. It did. I mean, it was being spread around across everyone. Um, it was interesting. I mean, when you say Bill O'Brien has to take some blame, I don't think the blame comes in this game. So for anyone who doesn't know, Bill O'Brien is 
the head coach of the Titans, but he's also uh, the Texans. GM. What did I say? Titans. Texans. Um, so he's head coach of the Texans, but he's also the GM. Yeah. So he hires and fires all of the players and trades and everything like that. And supposedly the head coach's boss. Yes. So he's his own boss. Yeah. Self-employed. Everyone wants to be their own boss. Yeah. Now. Can I stay around next season, boss? Yeah, go on in. Oh, I'd love <laughs> it if he fired job. himself. <laughs> I've but, got to let you go, Bill. So, every, I mean, it's not a secret what the Chiefs do. The Chiefs are as much a throwing team as the Titans are a running team. They're almost embarrassed to run the ball. They love yeah. throwing the ball. That's exactly what they are. There's a reason they have so many targets. And then on top of all those targets, they've got Travis Kelsey as well. They've got an embarrassment of riches. They kind it was of, kind of banged up in this game as well. Yeah. Oh, it came. I mean, at one point, they, um, was it Romo was um, mocking a conversation between him yeah. and um, Andy Reid. Andy Reid and Andy going, oh, all right. And you could actually see it yeah. as he was doing it. It was kind come of on, bad lip Come reading. on, boss. I'm all right. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I'm fine. But oh, anyone okay. who didn't we'll see, see we'll it's see. so funny. <laughs> but the issue was with the Texans secondary because you know going into any game is this your Bradley Roby smashing time now not, I mean Roby is what he is so I'll leave, I'm not going <laughs> to smash Bradley Roby because he is he what did. he is he is uh, is he a guy you'd want on the Steelers no is no. he a guy I'd want on the Broncos for 9 million quid no he is he's okay there's nothing yeah. wrong with him he's not a bad player he's just okay Gary and Conley's doing okay Okay. He broke up a couple of passes early on anyway. I need to get a sack as well. The only sack for the, the Texans. Okay. In terms of safety, so Sorensen normally plays weak side safety, moved across to strong side um, with Thornhill um, sort of being in and out of the game. Yeah. And uh, is very much 20 up with Honey Badger. And where did Honey Badger come from? The Texans. The Texans. Um, where did their best cornerback go? To the Broncos, Kareem Jackson. Yeah. And they replaced him with who well they AJ Boyer as well that they sold off to the Jags so the Jags has gone as well I mean all of this is because they couldn't afford the wages and with the lack when when you get new draft capital in when you draft new players you're essentially getting top rated players for not much money they don't have any first or second round drafts they're a win now team because they're not going to have the draft capital to be able to keep on signing strong fifth year option players and they haven't got the draft capital to go and get young players. No. So they're in a win now mode, but they don't have a win now team. They're kind of like win now coach, or a win now coach, quite. <laughs> but if you look at Honey Badger, last season with the Texans he was on seven million. This year, fifteen point eight million with the Chiefs. So there's no way the Texans can keep hold of him, and this is going to happen consistently because very soon they've got to give Watson a new contract and he's going from what's going to be on now eight nine million maybe because yeah he's it's his rookie contract year. yeah so he's going to go to what 35 36 million yeah it we are seeing maybe a year left of this Texans team maybe two and after that this team is going to be dead well JJ Watt will probably retire in two years as well yeah I yeah Absolutely. Just for injuries, he's yeah, going to go, well, 100%. you know, my body can't take it anymore. So they yeah. had to use him sparingly anyway. They had to get rid of Clowney because they couldn't afford Clowney coming in. And he was supposed to be the heir apparent to JJ exactly. Watt. So. Um, so when you're getting a f- rid of a first overall pick because you can't afford him, it feels like the Texans are in a win now mode. But they, I mean, they don't have a first round pick next year or the year afterwards. They didn't have one last year or the year before. No. Um, I don't think they've got well, a second they, rounder this year. Two either. years ago, they moved up for Watson. 
uh, yeah, they moved up and gave away a third, a fifth, and a seventh or something, and then a first, a, fo- a second the following year. So they just yeah. give draft capital away. They yeah, just don't it. have it. It's ridiculous. My first round so pick. a lot of it was simply because of the players that they traded for, and their secondary just wasn't good enough. Um, I was amazed when they were 21 up, but I didn't feel like the game was won. If I'm watching any other game, you're looking at going, God, the game's baked. 11 minutes of the second quarter left, and you're already 21 up or 27 up. Game's done. That's but there's, it. there's only one coach that you, if you said, if, what coach has got this team at that point and then have them losing by halftime? There's only one coach I can think of that oh, I can would think fit of that bill. Oh, I can think of a couple. I don't know. Um, I think you've I, been very kind on Bill O'Brien here, mate. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think he's, if he had a decent GM, he would. <laughs> He would That's be in insulting better... Bill O'Brien. Yes. <laughs> if he had a decent GM, he'd be in a better position. But yeah. I think he's his own worst enemy. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was um, he was at the Patriots for a long time. I think he was. I think he's like Gollum player. and Schmeagle. He's just like I'd never seen Lord of the Rings. So. Oh, sorry. Damn. Sorry. Man. <laughs> I know it's Lord of the Rings though. Think of spit, spit personality, right? Yeah. A bonus point for that. Yeah. So, um, me, myself, and Irene. There you go. There you, oh. All right. There you go. So Jim Carrey talking to three of himself. Two himself. Was it only two? It was two. Hank and the other one. Don't care. <laughs> anyway, we got, why are we getting to that? No, the fact the fact is that when you look at the Texans, they are um, even when they're twenty seven up, they're still not the favourite for that game. I mean, I looked. I mean, it is bad. It's bad for some betting companies because they pay out if a team goes fourteen points up, two scores. So there's a Stupid. lot of betting companies that have paid out on both teams for this. Da, da, da. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, as crazy as that start was, I still was, you know, quietly confident that the Chiefs could come back into that game. Yeah, without any shadow of a doubt. And let's not forget that the Chiefs' defense did step up as well. Frank Clark had three sacks. Rashad Fenton had a sack, as well as uh, Dorian O'Daniel. That's just a made-up name. That's not a real name. That's a real name. It's not a real name. And Daniel Sorensen, as we've already talked about, he had he was knocking out fumbles. He was covering off fake punts. Yeah. He had a great game as well. I like Daniel Sorensen. He's kind of, kind of a, a proper battler. You know, he's not got any real outstanding talent, but he just he fights fact, for everything. It's the it's fact like that several. Type. It's the fact that several points though they were playing three safeties, two of which were strong safeties, which you don't normally see. Um, but they just weren't afraid of the Texans. They just didn't. No. They weren't afraid to go say go over the top. That's fine. Because they knew. I mean, you're looking. Lonnie Johnson. Well, I think was, they were originally. I think obviously with Will Fuller being in the game. Well, this is the other thing. So. Will, they need a Will Fuller, the Texans do. They need oh, yeah. that alternative option. Kenny Stills was supposed to be that, but just hasn't really turned into that. He was a gimme um, from the Laramie Tunsil trade. He was just a, a, oh, a yeah. knock-in for, for draft picks as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, but he was he came over to be the second wide receiver um, because Will Fuller's out pretty much almost every game. Yeah. Uh, and there was also a couple of points when... He got that first touchdown. I think he's done okay, actually, Kenny Stills. No, I, 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 I he's agree. He's, he's, he's just no... He's just no Will Fuller. They're different type well, of players, no. but at the same There's time... There's very he, few people that are as quick as Will Fuller. No, no, no. But he hasn't been the person who's going to take the focus away from DeAndre Hopkins. He hasn't been that person where you say, okay, we need to now... Scheme against him. Scheme for two players rather than one. Because, yeah. you know, you, Fuller is um, is that can be that special. But it's all soft tissue injuries. They have to move away from him. That's easier said than done. No, no. Hopkins actually managed to finish the game 119 yards, so Jondre had a, a fairly good game. Uh, no touchdowns for him, though, unfortunately. Yeah, but with them moving into the next game, if they don't win, if the 
Chiefs don't win now, this will go down as the missed opportunity. Ooh. It absolutely will. Because they're, they're the favourite by a mile. An absolute mile. That's the what it's about the Ravens. Yeah, and the Ravens <laughs> up. <laughs> exactly. There is a missed opportunity for the Ravens. Well, yeah. Well, there you go. So the Chiefs finally moved on uh, from the from that blip in the road, which was the Houston Texans. Yeah. Fourth game was the Seattle Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. Bit of a back and forth, really. Green Bay got out to a very early start. It was 21-3 at half time. Then the Seahawks come back in the third quarter. They score 14 and answered. Then you get a, a score by, by the Packers. 28-23 was the final score, Dave. I really enjoyed this game. I think this was a battle of two fatally flawed teams. There's holes oh. all, all over. Yeah. Um, with two great quarterbacks. I don't think there's any doubt that this Packers team is built around Aaron Rodgers in the same way that this Seahawks team is built around Russell Wilson. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. Um, if I think on the day, it's there's no doubt that the combination of um, Rogers and Adams outplayed the combination of Wilson and Lockett. Um, I think that was the better combination. And on, on throws over ten yards, I think Rogers was six and six, so completed absolutely all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Third down conversions as well was a big one for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, it, it was in the last game. I mean, it was uh, an issue for both teams. Both teams um, consi- you know, didn't convert third downs. I mean. Chiefs were 5-15, and 15, Texans were 2-8. and eight. In this game, both teams were very strong. It was almost the exact opposite. We saw nothing but errors in the last game. This game was about tight margins. Mm-hmm. This was more of a traditional playoff game. Both teams not really giving much, but not taking much either. The last game was ridiculous, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we go through the scores then, it was Devontae Adams scoring a touchdown on the first drive for the Packers. Uh, and then Aaron Jones scored two rushing touchdowns to make it 21-3 at half time. Marshall Lynch gets his one-yard rush touchdown uh, in the second half. Uh, Devontae Adams gets a 40-yard touchdown catch. Then Tyler Lockett responds with a seven-yard catch. Uh, then Lynch's second one-yard touchdown run. Uh, Wilson sacked on the two-point conversion attempt. Quite a harsh sack, actually, by, uh, I think it was Alexander, came in and... Unmarked. There were there Didn't were a couple. Of, there were a couple of sacks where um, Wilson took, which he shouldn't. Shouldn't yeah. have been any contact. And then twice off, Green Bay converted a third and eight, and then a third and nine. Mm-hmm. Twice again, the third and eight was to Devonta Adams. Third and nine was to Jimmy Graham. Bit controversial because it looks like he was knocked down before the first down marker. Um, they gave it to him, even if they had it, would have been a fourth and in inches, and they probably would have gone for it anyway. So, and you think they probably would have got it? So. There's, there's no point. This is like beginning to Saints territory here. Yeah. Talking about what could have been. Um, I mean, when you look at the Seahawks, they had more passing yards, more first downs, fewer first down penalties, more plays, more passing yards, more rushing yards, although most of the rushing yards were Russell Wilson. Um, but they had more time in possession. But they still lost. Because they got. That's how it goes sometimes. No, absolutely. They dominated most factions of the ball. Yeah. Um, but the Packers are doing what the Packers do this season. Of the 14 wins that the Packers have got this season, nine have been by one score. I mean, that <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about the team. Yeah. Well, let's look at some of the scores. I mean, the Seattle defense did pretty well holding Aaron Jones to two yards a carry. So yeah. three yards average a carry. Uh, 62 yards on 21 carries. Um, then it was Tyler Irvin, so basically nothing after that for the for the Packers on the ground. Um, in the air, Devontae Adams finished 160 yards and two touchdowns. 
Jimmy Graham, 40 yards. Geronimo Allison, 11 yards. Uh, and then you're into the real weeds with the uh, rest of the receiving core there. Uh, on the Seattle side, Russell Wilson was the biggest rusher yet again. 64 yards on the ground. Yeah. Marshall Lynch had 26 yards and two touchdowns, but... I mean, we, we knew were, what he was. He was just a token gesture. They were from a yard. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyler Lockett was the the most productive person. 136 yards in the air with a touchdown uh, on nine catches. DK Metcalf, 59 yards on four catches. There were certain times though through the game, Dave, that I saw Russell Wilson looking at DK Metcalf, who was wide open, yeah, and for some reason wasn't releasing and, and getting the ball off to him, and then was. Running around, shuttle passing it I mean, off, and he is using DK Metcalf. He's he did the, a bit, but he in in the off season, uh, in postseason, he has more reception yards than anyone else. Two hundred nineteen. Yeah, so he is being used. Yeah, well, they should have used him more in this game. Uh, I think he was bossing that. They needed that to get, They defense. needed to have something on the ground. They had no rushing game. They no. had more rushing yards, but that was all because of Russell Wilson. Scrambling, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Sacks on Green Bay. Uh, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith had two sacks each. The Smith brothers. Yeah, and Kenny Clark also got a touchdown, a, a, a sack for the Packers. So they was, were pressuring Russell Wilson. Was the Clark one the harsh one? Was that where he broke through and pulled him down? There was the hint of there being a horse color. I but believe which so, wasn't yeah. Called. That was a bit rough because I was looking thinking, no, you shouldn't really be able to tackle a quarterback <laughs> like that, especially in the postseason. No. But nothing was called. But in Green Bay, it's all okay. Yeah. Uh, and Jason Myers missed a field goal for the Seahawks just to compound matters. But mm. yeah, it was a bit of a shame to see the Seahawks go out. Like you said, I think calling them deeply flawed is probably the best word for them. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a team. How much of it is the fact that Wilson now earns so much? There, I mean, he's on. He's he's the highest paid quarterback by a reasonable distance, about four or five million. How much of it it has an impact on the rest of the team? Well, they had to shift off a lot of players because they had to pay for Russell Wilson, didn't they? Yes, so and they're also, gone. they're also going to have to pay for Jadavian Clowney as well. Well, yeah. They they brought him on with the intention, I think, of paying him. Oh, you can't not. I mean, he gave up a... Was it a first or second they gave up? Yeah. I think it was a second. Now you put me on the spot. But yeah. I mean, this, this was um, Rogers being Rogers. This was, you know, it was a typical Rogers performance. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, it was all right. I think he controlled the game very well. It was a, it was two players who have been in the postseason know what it was all about. I mean, both of these teams are like this is about as far as they're going to get. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. This is this is <laughs> this is the two semi finalists coming. Their this ne- their next game is their uh, is their Super Bowl. But yeah, I mean. What are the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, really? Aaron Jones. But Aaron Jones wasn't influential in this game. Well, he scored two touchdowns. Okay. So, Hard two, yards. That's what you talk about all the time. I do, 100% I do. Marshawn Lynch got t- two touchdowns in this game. Right. Each one <laughs> was from a yard. Yeah, it's but 26 yards. Yeah, but it's just a stat. For me, he is. These two teams defi- are defined by the quarterback. It's the Redskins I feel sorry for, anyway. The Redskins were, in 2005 <laughs> were picking 25th. As, as everyone knows, um, Rogers slipped down from, should have been going first or second overall. Yeah, and yeah. And he ended up going 25th. Is Alex Smith draft, yeah. In, 20, in 25th place were the Redskins, who were also picking a quarterback. They picked up Jason Campbell. 
imagine what they imagine what they could have had if they if they'd have actually got that pick <laughs> before them if the Redskins hadn't have picked up Rodgers and, and everyone was saying that they weren't going in for Rodgers they weren't going in for a quarterback at that point no it's because he was there him. they weren't expecting him to be there yeah and all the way through I bet the Redskins were thinking we're going to get him we're going to he's slipping down we're going to and then nothing they got Jason Campbell <laughs> bless him yeah well I'm sure Redskins <laughs> aren't sorry about that oh I bet they are <laughs> They've got Dwayne Haskins now. What are you talking about? So, those were the divisional games. And uh, we now have to move on to the championship, Dave, because there are just four teams remaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the Chiefs and the Titans and the 49ers Packers. Now, 49ers Packers played each other earlier in the season. I think it was week 12. And the 49ers won 37-8 to in San Fran. Yeah. Does that make any difference at all to your uh, your betting for this game? None. No. I, I mean... Because you've already decided it's going to be the 49ers, or...? No, I think the 49ers are the better team. But as we've said already, I mean, the postseason and um, the regular season are two completely different different games. I mean, the Texans won uh, in Kansas. I mean, oh, yeah, they did, yeah. I mean, it didn't stand them in any good stead for this game. <laughs> the, the, they're absolutely... They're completely different... Um, they're completely different games. You scheme for them differently. Everything is different. So I don't see any way. I don't really see um, how they have any overall impact in how this game's going to go. What's your thoughts? You're the one that's lauded the 49ers all the way. <laughs> I did, well, I did so. say before that you said about the Titans. I did talk about the 49ers uh, as my dark horse to get there. Um, if you give Jimmy G a full season of health, with the players coming back and with the the players they acquired over the off season, they're doing exactly what I thought they were going to do. Um, which is looking like the number one seed in the NFC and looking like they're going to go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, our, well, I would say friend, but he doesn't know me. But the guy that I always promo <laughs> on this podcast, Brett Coleman, just today released a video about the Green Bay Packers and how their defense is very, very predictable. Yep. And the 49ers completely um, exploited them in their Week 12 matchup. And it wasn't just them. Any time, you know, Dak Prescott exploited them as well. They are very predictable in, in their cover schemes, whether they're playing man or, or zone. I encourage everyone to have a look at that um, to see what's going to happen this weekend because I'll be watching to see if they're doing exactly what I, Coleman expects them to do. I think there's, I think that could benefit, if they're being coached properly, that could benefit the Packers. Because if you're saying they're predictable and, you, you know, we know what they're going to do. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, how many times have we seen in other sports teams have been predictable, people have been predictable, boxing, tennis, all sorts of things, and then they come in and do something completely different. This is you're being given a they would have sheet to. of paper. You, yeah. But then, do you want to move away from what has been so successful this season? I I don't think they're a particularly good team. I think they're the worst team of the four that mm-hmm. are remaining. Um, and as you say, they look like they're the team who have come as far as they're going to go. Yeah. And it's unfortunate they're probably going against the best defence because it's a cliche, but at this point you lean on your defence as, uh, as a postseason team. Well, there's no Brian Balaga for the game against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed he'll be back for, for the championship game. But even so, I think that that defence is going to swarm Aaron yeah. Rodgers. They're going to close down Aaron Jones. And Quan Alexander will be back and fully fit as well. Yeah, I think he was fully fit this weekend. 
I know that I, I went out on the limb and talked about the Titans having a chance against the Ravens, but I cannot see... Any, the same way I couldn't see the Vikings having a chance against the 49ers, I don't see how the Packers can beat the 49ers. I agree. But let me take, but, you, to, <laughs> let, let me take you to an alternate reality oh, yeah. where the Packers win. <laughs> how... How do they win? So I'm telling you, the, pack, the Packers now win. How are they going to win? Are they, is it going to be on the ground? I don't see how they're going no, to win. No, it would be Devontae Adams. So is that's that's going to be the key, them going through the air to Devontae Adams or Jimmy Graham? I mean, MVS? Oh, I mean, I don't know how many other targets they have. That's that's the thing. I I can't see any Lizard. way. He picks, he, he's a bit of a gadget player almost. He's, yeah. He, he gets uh, key third downs and things when he just becomes open. He's not a particularly good route when he's not quick. Doesn't really create separation all that well. He kind of does everything badly that Devontae Adams does well. But every now and again, he'll slip between the cracks. All right. Um, well, he's not a guy, again, he's not a guy you pin your franchise on in terms of receiving. So. No, no. Um, but no, I, I, I don't see how it is. But if they do win, you reckon it'll only be... It'll be Devontae Adams having like 150 yards, two touchdowns, and somehow Zadaria Smith and, and Preston Smith managed to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on the ground. And, and but if he if he is going to have that monster game, then is it not likely that Rogers is going to be that that guy to get him the ball to give him 160, 170, 180 yard game? I just think we've seen a regression on Aaron Rodgers over the past couple of years. He's not the same Aaron Rodgers we saw two years ago. He's not, but he's still winning, which is the key thing. Which yeah, but when they've won a lot of it, lot of games, and some some games they were lucky, obviously. Oh, by very small. But when they lost games, they were smashed. Yeah, and one of them was against this this Forty ers team. I don't think that I don't think that comes to fruition. I don't think that means an awful lot. I don't think so there's Sam, many. I, I I also trust Carl Shanahan over Matt Lafleur. I agree. So we're talking about coaching. It's what I, I mentioned I, last week. I again. prefer Rob Salah to Mike Pettin. Yeah, last last two minutes of the game. When you're looking at the offensive coordinators, when you're looking at defensive coaching, when you're looking at the quarterbacks, running yep. backs, most of this falls with the 49ers. The only one that doesn't really is the quarterback. For me, Rodgers is the better quarterback. If you put Rodgers in that 49ers team, it would make them better on the field. I don't also, know. Not sure about all the shit off the field, but forget about that for a second. In terms <laughs> of just pure arm talent, last two minutes of a game, you have to fall down with Rodgers. I know you like Garoppolo and that's fine. I he, do. Is, he is the future, but last two minutes of a game, Rodgers' record cannot be ignored. I think he is the better option for that last two minutes. Everything else, more or less, falls in with the Packers, uh, with the 49ers. Now, Packers fans will be going, what about wide receivers? We've got Devontae Adams. How many options? Devo Samuel. They've got... Um, Kendrick Bourne, Emmanuel Sanders. There you go. I mean... George Kittle. You're, you, when you're marking that many options, the wide receiver part goes to the 49ers. Coaching goes to the 49ers. Running goes to the 49ers. Coleman, if Coleman gets an inch of space, he will run away from you. And he's got Juszczyk back as well, so... I love Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. The fullback. I mean, I love a fullback anyway, but oh, he he is to them what uh, I would say Hill is to the Saints. He gives them so much more. He gives them options all over. I think he's yeah. brilliant. Um, I don't see any way in which the 49ers aren't going to win this, but then he goes back to what you mentioned about the Ravens earlier as well. Do they come into the game thinking, we've won this? Yeah. I don't think they do because I, I trust Kyle Shannon over John Harbaugh. Uh, I think he's 
the best up and coming coach in the NFL. Yep. Um, but reputations are built on records, and he this is his first opportunity to build a record. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, for those in doubt, I'm actually going to pick the 49ers to win this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick by twenty points. <laughs> just twenty points, Dave. Oh, yeah. Just twenty Sitting points on the fence there. Yeah. Just twenty right. points. Okay. And then the other one, then the AFC side, we've got the the Titans are like the Freddy Krueger of uh, <laughs> top teams' dreams, taking out the uh, the Patriots and the Ravens. It's like my my perfect <laughs> perfect Super Bowl. Now I don't care who wins. I, I can enjoy the Super Bowl for the first time in a long time. I can just sit down and enjoy the Super Bowl because I don't mind if any of these four teams win it. Oh, I mind if the Packers win it. Well, I don't, but only because Packer Tim, <laughs> a dear friend of mine, this is his last Super Bowl. Yeah. And so, for that selfish reason, I would like to see the Packers go yeah, and, no, and win it just reason. for him. That's but a good shout. Uh, other than that, I, I wouldn't mind any of them winning it. So, yeah, I don't really mind. I like I like the idea of seeing Tyrone Matthew trying, you've done. trying to tackle Derek Henry. Matthew on Henry is going to be... But like you said, tackling his ankles. He's going to have to. He's probably only reach his ankles. <laughs> yeah. um, everyone knows what the Titans are going to do. Everyone knows what the Chiefs are going to do. You've got a run-first team against um, a pass-first team. Um, the Titans' secondary is considerably better than the Texans. I mean, yeah. leagues... And leagues better than the Texans. It's Absolutely. insane how much better they are. So it's almost like this is a proper... If if the Texans... Sorry, if, if the Chiefs start this game the way they did with drop catches... I mean, how many drop catches did you see? Mahomes was throwing it off target. He was throwing it behind people. No, I think that... that there he were. was throwing they it into his hands most of the time. No, no, no. They were still throwing it behind people. There was a yeah. number I of saw, times... I saw worse from other quarterbacks last week. I'm not saying that they weren't. I'm just saying he was doing that. And we don't normally see that. We don't normally see him throwing it behind Damian Williams on a slant, for example. Just a standard wheel route. We don't see that. But that's what was happening. I know I'm, t- I know I'm talking about, about your homosexual. I know, I'm it, sorry about that. But you just have to take it. It is what it is. Robinson and Kelsey both dropped passes right in their hands. They did. That's factual. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree. Third downs with that. as well. Third I'm not going to disagree easy, with that. Easy pickups. Was but the right he still call. missed passes. If they start this game and they let the Titans get up, the Titans will dominate possession. There's a good chance it's going to be a bit closer. I think this is the closer of the two. Um, so this one is on Sunday at eight o'clock. Yeah, UK time. Um, 49ers Packers is uh, twenty to midnight. Yeah, on Sunday. So. Monday off work. This, this is the tighter game. I yes. don't think you have to stay up for the other one. I stay up for both. <laughs> stay up for both. Probably will, but uh, it's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, well, not for me. I don't sleep, so it's fine. Yeah. Going into the playoffs, the Titans were the dangerous team. Okay, they were the ones that had scraped in, but they had a weapon in Henry that no one else has got, and they have a quarterback who is finally giving a, a chance to do something with a playoff caliber team. They've got a solid defense. Mm-hmm. They've got a hungry head coach, uh, an elite defensive coordinator in Dean Pease. I'm not well. I'm elated that they've done what they've done, but also going into the playoffs, you look at the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are the ones that are actually coming onto a run. Not only had they secured the second spot thanks to the Titans, but they were winning games. They players coming back from injury. They were starting to really get on a roll, and so they were the the team that were kind of gaining that momentum over teams like the Patriots and you know and, and the Ravens just kind of modelled their way in 
resting all their players in week 17 was a kind of a bad look. So I think these were the two teams that were really most on it going into the playoffs. And I think out of those two, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs. They've just got too many weapons and they can score more points than any other team. Ever, I, will, I, will be, I will be supporting the, tech, uh, the Titans okay, massively um, for numerous reasons. Um, but <laughs> I do agree that it's probably going to be the Chiefs. Okay. I don't think they make as many mistakes. I can't, I don't, I can't see them making those same mistakes again that they did against the Texans. Mm. And sometimes that's against your opponent. That's like, some, like with the Ravens, you take them a little bit, you know, we, you know, you don't treat them with the respect you should. Maybe you think you can get away with it against the Texans. And so, you know, some of these things just creep into the game early on. Uh, but the way they snapped back into place and turned it around, I think that's an indictment of how good uh, the Chiefs are. And a great play caller as well, Andy Reid. I would love to see the Chiefs get through to Super Bowl because Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, he does, well, I don't say deserves, but you'd expect him to win multiple Lombardies in his career, and this could be the first of them. Uh, as I said, if he doesn't get through to the Super Bowl, there will be t- yeah, this was the opportunity that will be missed. They are the best team in the FC. And like you said, they've been running the doors off Derek Henry. You yeah. expected him, you expected him to collapse last week, so well, I said will he good, collapse this week? Well, I said there's a good chance, and he just becomes more and more likely. It's like an F1 when they keep using the same engine. The sooner or later, it's going to blow up. Yeah, he just does. I think. <laughs> What I would love, though, is if the Titans came in and didn't really run Henry, and instead Tannehill throws for a thousand yards to AJ Brown. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and you can see the Chiefs sort of going, "What's going on here?" Yeah. I mean, if with the way that the way that Derek Henry runs late, because players tire and he doesn't. No. If they can, part of it is get up early and stay up, or if they can keep it tight going into the fourth. It gives them a chance. I mean, if, if they're thirty points behind, it's it's obviously null and void because then yeah. Tannehill's going to have to throw it. They can't score that many points that quickly. That's that's a problem for the Titans, like you said. Yeah, they have to keep it tight. Well, all it takes is a couple of early. all it takes is a couple of missed tackles, and all of a sudden, if Emery finds himself in open space, he's scoring. Yeah, yeah. Um, or he's scoring big yards. I think we saw their perfect game against the Ravens. Yeah, and, I and mean, the, they've the had thing two is, perfect games. Well, yeah, but the other thing is that you can see that teams peak, can't they, at certain games? Yeah. Like the Vikings peaked the week before when they beat the Saints, and that was their That Super was their Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. Without any shadow of a doubt. And now you might see the Packers beating the Seahawks and getting that monkey off their back and going, well, okay, we had a great run there. We we got through to the NFC Championship game. Mm. Yeah, yes. First season with Matt LaFleur, next season we can move on. You know that that sometimes is the is the narrative that the the players take in. If they enjoy themselves too much on a win, then that means they probably aren't going to be up for the next week. It comes so quick, so quickly. I, like we should have two weeks to to get ready for this game, no, but we don't. No. We're straight on from a a, a massive we, win to have to get up again for the top, you know, top two we teams. Can't. Top we two can't. Games we have two the, weeks in the season. If we had two weeks for this game, then the Ravens would never make a divisional championship. <laughs> they were like seven weeks off or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they play one game in six months. <laughs> All right, so I'm going Chiefs. Yeah. You're, are you going Titans? I know you said you're supporting them, but that sounded like you were saying I'm going to support them, but I'm expecting it. No, I did. I, I expect the Chiefs to win. Yeah, okay. Um, so we're both then on a Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. Whoa, what oh, a Super Bowl. That is the one I wanted before the season started. 
Okay. Apart from Steelers, obviously. Let's finish our brackets now. And we'll obviously do it again no! next week. No, we'll do no! it again next week. No. No. no, no, no. I don't yes. want to do this. I don't care. Go You're on. doing it. Where are you going? I'm not answering first either. You're answering first because you've got two teams who you really like. Two teams who you love. I do. I do. Um, I, as I'm a homosexual, I'm going to go for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to Chiefs? Yeah, I'm going to Chiefs. Um, I don't think the weather plays a part because it's nope. in Miami this year. Yep. It's going to be a bit warm, a bit sticky, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, listening to J-Lo Trout on at halftime uh. might, might make us all a little bit tired, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. I think the Chiefs win if <laughs> if they play against Green Bay. I think they lose if they play against the 49ers. All right. <laughs> so I will go the other side. I think people are sleeping on that Chiefs defense. I think it's much better than you think it is. They've got oh, players I'm, that have come back and I've just said Sorensen and Matthew is a as a group together were superb the Frank Clark gets pressure if, and you got like I yep. said you got three sacks in the last but then game. you've got the, also the experience of T-Sizzle as well oh and Chris Jones should be back as well he missed last game Good. massive loss at defensive tackle loads of players missed last game for the Texans I mean most of them were on the field but they missed the game <laughs> another slam on the Texans yeah let's do player of the week Dave out um, of those four games who are you giving as your player of the week I've got two one offensive one defensive All offensive right. uh, Derek Henry uh, okay. run for a billion yards and basically carry the entire Titans on his back yeah um, fairly good chance he'll become the highest paid running back in the NFL fairly soon I think he's still on one of his early deals I don't think he's on a big contract yet um, whether it be this year or next year I don't know mm-hmm. um, and Sorensen defensively because he popped up with about four or five big plays yeah, real big plays yeah. I think there was one play that I didn't talk about as well was where he um, was trying to break through the line to get to the quarterback which for a safety most safeties don't do that we see Neil Thomas do it for the first time this season really um, and he lobbed an arm up and stopped a pass going through which had it gone through would have been a 30 yard reception and potentially going for a touchdown so key plays all over the over the field for him okay uh, well if you're allowed to do two I'm allowed to do two as well then go for it, it has to be so, one offensive one defensive yeah yeah so my offensive player will be Travis Kelsey scored three touchdown passes whilst injured whilst injured mm-hmm. whilst desperate to come back onto the field yeah which shows the character of the guy uh, and they weren't the garbage time touchdowns these were important ones where you know they were that third down each time and they were trying mm-hmm. different things he had to and he wasn't catching him inside the end zone normally it was kind of a couple of yards out and had to still make his way in so yeah Travis Kelsey's getting one on for that on the defensive side I'm going to give it to Jarrell Casey defensive tackle for the Titans he yep. got two sacks in the game uh, and he also like I said he caused a fumble he was playing outside the, and inside consistently which yeah. I haven't seen Casey play that much inside he normally tends to stick to the outside um, it caused a lot of pressure inside very well well I was very impressed with Jarrell Casey again yep. he, you know, he, he's always been good but he got some numbers to, to back it up as well uh, and against what everyone was lauding as the best offense slash best defense in the league, <laughs> so yeah, great to great to see them on their back. Um, my punk of the week, um, <laughs> punk I know of the week. we don't normally do this, as in my bitch of the week <laughs> is uh, Stefan Diggs. Oh, um, again, yes. <laughs> I really dislike his antics. Just shut the fuck up and get on with it. It drives me mad. I mean, a bad workman always blames his tool. And right? What a tool. <laughs> He is. He just he creates too much drama around it, and I think the Vikings need to get rid. Okay, doesn't need to be there. Send him off to the Raiders. They love a tool. 
my, my punk could have been in the Browns for picking up Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could pick someone who played. Nah. Maybe. Nah, well, he was there. Yeah. He did call the plays for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, this is also true. So, next week, we're going to have the preview of the Super Bowl. Hmm. And it's two weeks away, though, the Super Bowl. Well, we're going to talk about the championship games that mm. were. And look ahead to the Pro Bowl. No, we're not. We're going to look ahead. I like the Pro Bowl. <laughs> well, we'll the do pro, a smaller one, then. The we'll pro, do a... Bowl's, pro Bowl's fun. It's. I mean, anyone who does it's has not. never watched the Pro Bowl. There's used a to massive be. game of dodgeball. Um, there's kickers, knots, and crosses. There's obstacle courses. There's player... Um, the catch relay thing that they do it's just fun it's just watching players do little bits and bobs it's, it is quite funny well you can watch it if you want I do <laughs> I like it I think it's good alright we'll do a smaller one next week then when we review the two games and then we'll leave it a week to do the preview of the Super Bowl and then yeah. we'll have the pre- the Super Bowl review show and then we'll start doing what do you think maybe every two weeks doing the lead up to the, the draft um, I think there's a fairly good chance uh, we may have a little break a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl and then yeah. lead up to the draft and the Pajama Olympics it'll get a bit more back on it <laughs> Olympics. yes okay well there you go but uh, that was the divisional round amazing games for the most part and we know the final four teams um, I was just going to say how many of these have won Super Bowls before obviously San Fran have won five before Tennessee yeah. haven't won the Super Bowl uh, yeah they have 2002 or something like that it's the Titans. Was it? No, no, they got to a Super Bowl. They got, they got to, to a Super Bowl. They lost Bowl. to they the Rams. Yeah, they did lose. Yeah, you're right. I remember yeah. them getting to a Super Bowl. Oh, sorry, Chiefs have won Super Bowls before. They've won like two or three. Yeah, that was back in, in the 18, old days. 21, I think it was. Yeah. And then the Packers obviously have won a couple of Super Bowls. The last time was 2010. Yeah. So this is 10 years since Rodgers lifted his, last, his only one, I think. Mm. Um, Packers have won three or four, I'm guessing. Yeah, what we could do next week is a good season review. Well, yes. I do love a season review. Oh, Jesus. This was going to be a small podcast. Now it's gone <laughs> over again. Uh, we beg out of here. All right, well, until next week then. I've been Jim. That's been Denver David. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah.